How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. My name is Taylor Gibson. Joining me, as always, from the tropical troubles of Calgary, Alberta, my co-host, Tim Jensen. Tim, how's it going, sir? It's going pretty good. Had a good Canada Day. Stampede's going on, but just waiting for the concerts from my deck. But other than that, not too much. Awesome. So, Tim, today's episode, we are going to be looking at the 2019 NHL Free Agency. Now, we're going to do the same sort of thing as we did last year. We're going to make a game out of it. So, we're going to call this the 2019 NHL Free Agency Price is Right Edition. Nice. Yeah. So, how we're going to play the game is pretty basic. We have the top five free agent names, and we are going to predict what they end up getting. Now, it's a very simple way to do it. You get one point for closest to actual salary, one point for correct team, you get two points if you get both of them correct, and you get no points if neither are right. Yep. Okay, Tim, so we're going to start off with Artemi Panarin. Now, I predicted $76 million over eight years with an AAV 9.5 to the Florida Panthers. What was your prediction, Tim? Max contract, seven years, Panthers. Well, Tim, I'm just going to say right now, I got a point for this. Yeah, because he didn't get max money. That's true. Well, it, it appears that you were not right at all, so... Our Timmy Panera's actual salary was $81.5 million over seven seasons to the New York Rangers. Wow, I, I still can't believe that he took less money to go to the Rangers. I thought for sure he was getting up either a Panther or an Islander. Yeah, especially once Max Money was on the table. Shit's nutty. Yeah, I mean, you know what the funny thing is? is like The New York Rangers have made some really nice moves. Like They brought in Panarin, they made the trade for Jacob Truba, and they really gave up nothing for them. No, they didn't, and I think part of that is that everyone knew that Truba's days in Winnipeg were numbered, so Shepard Dayoff didn't have much of a choice. Very much so, and I know that I was watching Urinating Trees video, funny enough, on the NHL free agency of the last couple of days, and he said that he he really likes the Panarin to the Rangers. He said, you know, if goaltending can get in order in New York, he could see a potential playoff team next season. Yeah. The one that I found kind of surprising is, well, I guess they dumped VC to have space for other players coming in, but other than that, and getting a third back for VC is pretty good. Very much so, very much so. So I currently am leading one to nothing because I got the closest salary, but I did not get the team. So we're going to move on to the next player, and it's an ex-Ottawa senator. Look, we knew this was coming. Matt Duchesne, $64 million over eight seasons with an AAV to the Nashville Predators is my prediction. What was your prediction, Tim? $40 million over five years, and just to be cheeky, I had him going to Montreal. Well, Tim, I'm going to say right now that both of us get a point because I was I had the correct team at the Nashville Predators, and you had the closest to actual salary. The actual salary, $56 million over seven seasons to the Nashville Predators. This is kind of an odd signing for the Predators because I'm looking at their center depth, and 
I really didn't like. I understand he's really into country music, but I didn't really think the Predators were going to be the team to sign him. Well, the the thing is, is like Kyle Turris fell off a cliff, so they needed something. That's true, but they already have a lot of money tied up in Turris, right? And yeah. I thought for sure, as you were saying, I thought he was probably going to go to maybe Montreal. I mean, I didn't want him to go to Montreal, but you know, I thought he was going to sign with a team like that where maybe depth at center is a little bit of an issue and he could have fit in that either first line or even in the top six. But yeah, the Nashville Predators, um, really good pickup for them. Although that's a lot of money to dedicate to Matt Duchesne, even though I understand they got rid of P.K. Subban to the Devils. But uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised about Nashville given that, you know, at center they're already doing pretty good. But honestly, I've got nothing to really say about it. Yeah, it's like, we knew Matt Duchesne was one of the big fish going into this, so I'm not surprised. I don't think it's a great signing, but I don't think UFAs tend to be. I think this is, they could they could have done worse, let's put it that way. Very much so, very much so. So currently, I'm in the lead with a 2-1 to one lead, so we're going to move on to our third player. And, funny enough, this finishes off the Columbus Blue Jackets. A certain goalie who I believe was an ex-copped him. What? Really? Yeah. Uh, well, what was his name? Poplinski? Bobrovsky! Damn! That's right. Sergei Bobrovsky is the third name on the list. Now, my prediction, $68 million over five seasons with an AAV, 8.5 to the Florida Panthers. Tim, what was your prediction? AAV, $6 million over six seasons to Florida. Well, Tim, I'm going to say right now, I'm currently in the lead, 4-2. to two. I came the closest on both. I got the correct team and closest to actual salary. It was $70 million over seven seasons to the Florida Panthers. This, this is not... retarded. It is. And you know what's funny is that I looked at that contract, I'm like, oh, that's a lot of money to be tied up in a goalie because he's going to be 37 when this contract ends. Like, I didn't realize he's almost 31. Like, he's 30 already. But, you know, with the moves of James Reimer out of town and obviously obviously the retirement of Roberto Luongo, I mean, it feels a need for sure. But still, that's a lot of money to tie up in a Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, like... Holy shit. And then, what's really funny, though, is uh, with if I can speak to Luongo's retirement for a second. True. Vancouver still has to pay escrow. I know. For how many more years? It's only a couple more years. Isn't it's it? only a couple more, but the fact that they're still getting hit for that contract is insane. Because they didn't even have Luongo for most of those years. No, they didn't. No. Although I do really like um, his retirement picture, though, with the goalie pads over the over the uh, telephone wire. I kind of wish he actually did that. I know, me too. But it's still pretty funny, though. I mean, I'm still surprised that he's not a uh, commentator on TV because he seems very natural in that role. Eh, give him time. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't be worse. I mean, he could be like Paul Bizanet. I mean, I didn't think he was all that great. Yeah, although apparent, we're going to get some trades, and apparently the Spit and Chicklets is going to be a Toronto podcast pretty quick. 
I don't know. They're pretty Bruins heavy, though. The interviews, yeah, are, the interviews aren't too bad, though. So we're going to... Sure. Okay, so currently, if I'm not mistaken, Tim, I believe I have a... Was it 4-2? 4-2, yeah. 4-2 lead right now? Yeah. So we're going to move on to the fourth signing. Joe Pavelski. Now, my prediction, $28 million over four seasons with an AAV, 7 to the Dallas Stars. Tim, what was your prediction? I had him at six by at six by three for eight for eighteen to the Dallas Stars. Ooh. It's pretty close. It's a one point game now, Tim. We're at five four because you got two points on it. You both got the closest to salary and the Dallas Stars. But I also Did you go also- over. I did go over, yes. It, the actual signing, $21 million over three seasons with an AAV of seven, though. But this is not a bad signing because it gives Dallas a lot more firepower up front. And if they can stay healthy next season, they're going to be really scary in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. I guess the only hard thing is, is it... The last year, the last year or two of that contract is going to be rough, especially because it closes out at thirty six, thirty seven. So we'll have to see how Pavelski ages, but it's definitely an improvement over who left this year. Yeah, and we also can't forget that they also added Corey Perry too to a, I think a five million dollar contract for next season. Not even. It was a one point five. Yeah. Really? Was it only 1.5? I thought it was like 5 million. Yeah, it's a show-me contract. Because remember, Corey Perry got bought out, right? True. Because his production has declined precipitously after he came back from that injury. And, well, he's also 34. I'm just going to quickly look that up. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's not a bad signing. I mean, it is a little scary that Dallas has decided to get older. But you know what? If they can add some, you know, because they're obviously adding experience here. If Ben Bishop can stay healthy, then there's no tell. If, like if Corey Perry can actually come back and regain his form, then Dallas should be a decent team next season. Well, here's the other thing: it's one year. It is one year, and and that's not okay. Yeah, at one point five. And Dallas has their team as basically assembled, and they still have two and a half million dollars in cap space. Like Dallas is in a good position. Yeah, and their defense itself isn't too old either, because you have Klingberg and Heis- Klingberg, Heiskanen, and uh, Lindell are all under twenty-seven, and then you've got Roman Pol- Polak, Andre Sakara, which was another show me pickup that I thought was really good, and then you also have Taylor for Taylor Fadon r- rounding it out. Mm-hmm, for sure. Well, Tim, at five to four, me. With the lead, we're going to head into our fifth and final signing. And that, of course, Jake Gardner. Now, my prediction was $24 million over four seasons with an AAV6 to the New Jersey Devils. So, Tim, what was your prediction? I had $7 million by seven seasons. And I think he goes somewhere dumb like Edmonton. Okay, Tim, so we, this is the final one. We are going to see, do you tie it up? Does Taylor take the lead? 
the a the actual contract was he still hasn't signed. And I'm actually really surprised about this one. I know. It's crazy. You I and I were talking about that before we hit record, and I said, you know, maybe it's because Toronto's Toronto's trying so hard to re-sign Mitch Marner right now, and maybe that's why that Gardner's not getting the attention of the Leafs, as predicted. You know, I honestly thought that Gardner didn't want to stay. Like, just kind of looking at the kind of media he was doing before the free agency. So it's, I'm wondering how much of it is he's already got his foot out the door and he hasn't seen an offer he likes. Could be. I mean, I know that uh, even Nikita Zaitsev said the same thing about the Toronto Maple Leafs that he also wanted out as well. And we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm really surprised that he still hasn't signed. I'm still maintaining that's the offer that I'm going to give. So, which means, given that he's not signed right now, at the moment, I have won the Price is Right 5-4. to four. I could still win once he signs. You could, but at the moment, though. <clears throat> so we will come back to the prices right once he signs, and we will update our list. And if Tim comes back to actually win the 2019 annual free agency prices right, or if Taylor takes the big time lead. To be fair, we both did a lot better than last year. Oh God, last year. Oh man, that was brutal. What was it like, Tavares? You and I were both so off on that at all. Well, I thought he was going to take full money. But, uh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Well, last year I was expecting it to be way stupider than it was. Sure. This year, actually, was I, I, I found it was actually kind of tame compared to other years. Yeah. Although we did get an offer sheet. It was kind of pathetic, but we got one. That's true. But I think the best thing that came out of that was the Carolina Hurricanes Twitter poll. I didn't see it. What was it? So the Carolina Hurricanes... So the offer itself was the Montreal Canadiens had offer sheet at Sebastian Ajo from the Carolina Hurricanes. In a response, the Hurricanes decided to troll the Habs on Twitter by putting up a poll stating, should we re-sign Sebastian Ajo? And it was... And the two... Uh, Choices were yes and we. Amazing. Yeah, I was like, this is um, this is so good. This is why the Hurricanes were one of my favorite stories from last season. You know, you had the storm surge. You had uh, that stupid pig that everybody on Twitter was loving. And now that? That's just fantastic. It's fantastic. Although, like, social media had a field day. Because, like, once the, like, once the offer sheet, like, the news the offer sheet hit, everyone's like, holy shit, Burger Bates got huge nuts. And, like, all these people are, like, photoshopping, like, Burger Bait onto, like, super jacked dudes in suits. And then it went to, wait, $8 million, that's it? And I was like, lol, look at this fucker. I know, it was so good. It was so good. So, Tim, I guess that wraps up the 2019 NHL free agency Price is Right game. Now, like I said, we will come back to this in the future once Jake Gardner signs. And we will officially declare... A real winner. But at this time, I have won it 5-4. to four. I mean, we'll see, we'll see. So, Tim, now that we got this out of the way, I think we should move on and talk about some Ottawa Senators signings and moves. But before we do that, and I know that you had mentioned this at the top about spitting chiclets, 
The Toronto Maple Leafs made a big trade. They made a few, but I think this one's probably the better of the two, not the funnier of the two. That's true. So the trade itself, the Toronto Maple Leafs have traded Nazem Kadri, Callie Rosen, and a third in 2020 to the Colorado Avalanche for Tyson Berry, Alex Kerfoot, and a sixth in 2020. Now, I really gave a chance, and I had to look at this deal because short-term, Toronto won this. Like, they've got finally got that top-pairing right-shot defenseman they've always had in their mind that they always wanted, and they were never able to get it. Long-term, I actually think Colorado won this because Nazem Kadri, he's walking into a situation in Colorado where he could fit really well because he has a really young core and he's going to add some sandpaper and some playoff experience. Yeah. Although the hard thing with uh, Nazem Kadri is guy, he needs to he needs to get himself under control. That's true. And even Steve Dangle said that in his video about Nazem Kadri. He said that that I believe it was I believe it was him. He said that that hit in the playoffs against the Bruins, that's what officially you know, stamped his ticket out of town at that yes. point because this is not the first time he has done that. And Colorado, I like it for the Avalanche, but the Toronto like I said, the Toronto Maple Leafs short term, I think they've won it. But the big question is whether they can re-sign Tyson Berry next season. And you know what? If Toronto can't re-sign him, I think we're looking at a sneak peek for the 2020 NHL Free Agency Prices Right game. The other thing, though, is like I actually do kind of wonder about Tyson Berry. Like, he's not that young. Because he's entering his prime. Like, he's going into 28. Like, his age 28 season. And he's kind of a sieve in his own end. Last season notwithstanding. Yeah, and that was always the big knock on him was that he was that Tyson Berry was never as defensive minded as he was offensively. But you know what? I think that's what Toronto is looking for. They're looking for more offense on the back end. And mm. I feel to get it. And actually it's funny, I was talking to my brother about this, because my brother's a Toronto fan, and he was one of the managers at the Bear Mountain Resort in Victoria when Len Berry was the owner. So he yeah. met Tyson Berry when he was like 13, 14 years old. He's a super nice kid. But my brother was saying he actually used to talk to his grandfather all the time, who's like a huge Leafs fan. And when he heard about the news of Tyson Berry going to the Leafs, he said, I wonder what Len Sr. is thinking about it right now. Yeah, no kidding. Must be over the moon. Although it's interesting because I know the knock against Eric Carlson was always he's kind of a sieve in his own end, but... I don't think it's a similar comparison. It'll be interesting to see what happens when he's playing with uh, Riley and them. But on the other hand, it's not like Colorado was a slouch on defense last year, and that's why Sackick felt he could send Barry off. Yeah, and this isn't the first time that Tyson Barry has been rumored to be leaving Colorado, because when you remember when Patrick Waugh was the head coach, him and Tyson didn't get along, and Patrick pretty much gave the organization... The ultimatum. Either you trade him or I'm quitting. And Patrick ended up quitting. And we know how that goes. I know. You know, I'm so glad that Patrick didn't get hired as the head coach of the Sens because, you know, it would have been such a shit show, but it would have been kind of entertaining to watch just how big of a shit show that would have been. It would have been 
For sure. So I think we should switch gears and finally start talking about some Ottawa Senators signings and trades because it finally happened, Tim. Uh, yeah, the new owner. No, the other thing. Uh, we've got another new wheel at the Canadian Tire Center. No, on ice product. Daddy came home. No, defensive on ice product. That was Daddy Cubs home. Sorry, I mean Eric Carlson came home. Okay, you know what? I can't contain my statement, Tim. Tim, we traded Cody Cece away. I know. The day finally came, Tim. The Ottawa Senators trade Cody Cece and Ben Harper. Oh, just let me cue this up again. There we go. Damn. Yeah. The Sens trade Cody Cece, Ben Harper, Aaron Luquit, and the Columbus Blue Jackets third round pick in 2020 to the, the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> you know what? All that oh, good, God. Oh, this is going to be cool, God. You know all that good stuff you said about Dubas? He just undid it. Yep. Yep. The Ottawa oh, Senators, in, res- in return, receive Nikita Zaitsev, Connor Brown, and Michael Carcone. And you know what? And, you know, I know that last season, and even in the last two seasons, we've been very critical of Cody Cece's on-ice product. And, I, and, we'll, and I'll go on record and say, look, I didn't hate the guy personally. I don't know the guy personally. I only judged him from his ice on-ice performance. And hands down, him and Harper were our two worst defensemen last season. And, and now they're Toronto's problem. It's amazing. Cody Cece is Korsakov. He's, I think he's the worst defenseman who meets the, the minutes played threshold except maybe Harper. Like, the fact that we traded for Nikita fucking Zaitsev, who can't get a puck out of his own damn zone, and that's an improvement, is fucking terrifying. Look, I, look I understand it's not a big improvement, but it's still an improvement, Tim. And, you know, when I was talking, like I said, I was talking to my brother again about this trade, and I says that Zaitsev has been rumored to come to the Senators for a little while now, even since there was the original rumblings, him wanting out of Toronto, and Ottawa was always the top team of a potential trade. And the fact that Nikita Zaitsev came to town, and I understand that Leaf fans were really, really on him the last couple of seasons, as they were with Jake Gardner. But I said to my brother, I said, you know, if Nikita Zaitsev can have a bounce-back season and actually put up some decent numbers, then I will be happy with him. And I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt coming to the Senators because the Leafs did end up taking both CeCe and Harper in return. Yeah, and Harper's a... I think he might have been one of the biggest fucking pylons. Like, he was a big guy. And, like, you could see flashes of what he could do when he was actually willing to throw his body around. But he never fucking did. Yeah, and I know. And I went back and listened to some of our old episodes from Season 2. And there was moments where I was praising Ben Harper going, you know, like, he was okay. You know, he threw a couple, had a couple of hits. 
and that was pretty much the extent of my praise was like, yeah, he threw a couple of hits. He didn't do too bad in one, one or two of these games. But overall, like he, he and CC were hands down our worst defensemen. And I can't remember who it was. Somebody on sense Twitter, they tweeted at the Leafs that picture of Harper and CC with their backs turned to the Montreal Canadian player shooting the pocket, Craig Anderson with the caption there's your problem now toronto and you know what's amazing what they signed cc that's true but you know what i'm actually kind of surprised i would have thought that maybe they would have let him walk because you know i don't know like toronto's got those analytics nerds like can't they see that cody cc is terrible well here's i'm not sure they were allowed to because Ottawa already qualified them. So I'm not sure if they were allowed an arbitration walk away. I, I don't think Ottawa was the team that qualified them, though. I think, if I'm not mistaken, that... No, I don't think they did. I think they, they talked contract extensions with him. Oh, okay. And it pretty much no, went nowhere. they a qualifying offer. I don't believe so. I think they did it last year, but they... or they, oh, okay. no, they went, no, sorry, they went to arbitration last season. And... Yeah, I don't think they qualified him. I think that's why the Leafs ended up re-signing him. Okay. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, but, uh, holy fucking shit. And it sounds like Babcock is the guy, might have been the guy who wanted to walk, might have wanted him. Uh, yeah, Cody Cece was given a qualifying offer on the 20th. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I didn't read that. I did read something about... And I had no idea that Cody Ceci is actually a vegan. And I remember something came out about this story that partly the reason the Senators traded him is for financial reasons. Because the Senators had to stock vegan option food in the locker room and they were topping out their budget. That doesn't sound real. It, I know it doesn't, but I'm reading this like and like, it doesn't sound real, but it's the Sens. Like, would that really surprise me? That Melnick's like, no, I don't want to pay for that. Just throw some peanuts in the corner. You're good. Buy some Costco hummus. Yeah, maybe we'll get Pierre from Orleans to go back to Costco. Yeah, just get a huge fucking tub. Get get some hummus and some vegan pita. You're done. Hey, Tim, do you ever think that maybe the Ottawa Senators, they go to Costco to get the Costco steaks? Those things are fucking huge. Oh, they're huge, and they're delicious. They're fantastic. I wish I had more space in my apartment, because, like, at this point, like, just Costco doesn't make sense. That's true. Like, I don't that shit. Anyway, yeah, so, honestly, the, we spend a lot of time talking about Zaitsev, but Connor Brown is an interesting add-on. Yeah, and this is the one guy that, from all the Leaf fans I was hearing on Twitter, and Steve Dangle was talking about it, was that they're all, and even my brother said, they're really sad to see Connor Brown go. And from what I understand, he plays a lot like Brady to Chuck. Like, he's in the paint. He's a bit of a pain in the ass. And, hey, I'll absolutely accept that on this team. Yeah, and what's interesting is he he seems like a, a genuine 2-3 tween, which, for the Senators, it's not a bad thing. No. And... It looks like he can actually put the puck in the net, which is pretty good for a 24-year-old. But it's hard because it, like with this and uh, the next time we're going to be talking to, that is taking slots away from the young guys. But Connor Brown seems like someone who's worth having in the fold. 
For sure. Um, actually, sorry to interrupt you, Tim. Uh, just before we go on to the next signings, I totally forgot about this. I know I mentioned this to you before earlier today. Now, did you uh, did you hear about this car accident on the 417 in Ottawa yesterday? Not too much other than it happened. Okay, so the reason why I'm bringing this up is because one of the per- people involved with this car accident was Ottawa Senators play-by-play man, Dean Brown. Is he okay? So I saw on Twitter, Dean tweeted about it, and he, it was he, his wife, and his mother-in-law, they were involved in the accident. They're all okay. They just, they're really sore. They walked away from it. Unfortunately, two other people were not so lucky as they did end up dying in the, in the accident. That sucks. Yeah, so I tweeted it out on our show's Twitter page, at Thirdline Plug on Twitter. I retweeted his tweet saying, you know, thoughts go out to the family's of the deceased and are, you know, and it's good to hear that Dean and his are okay. And Dean Brown liked it. Nice. That's right. Our podcast is doing stuff. Yo. So Tim, let's start talking about some signings. And we're going to start with the Ottawa Senators have signed Tyler Ennis to a one year, $700,000 contract. Ennis scored 12 goals, six assists for 18 points in 51 games for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why are we collecting Leafs? Well, you know what? The Ottawa Senators, or sorry, the Toronto Maple Leafs are at least turning themselves into the Toronto Senators. Yeah. Because I just saw enough. today that they signed Darren Archibald. <laughs> really? Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, I totally forgot that he used to play for us at one point. Yeah, I'm surprised we, I even recognized that name, to be perfectly honest. Well, he but... was the guy involved with the, uh, when Anders Nilsson came to Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah, because he was a former... Yeah, he was one of the guys that the Canucks took early. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Tom Pyatt actually got signed by a team. Really? Yeah, I don't know who. I'll actually quickly look this up while you're talking about Tyler Ennis because I couldn't believe that. I actually saw that Tom Pyatt got signed. Nice, but uh, Tyler Ennis is a sneaky good signing. Really cheap. He puts a bit of punch onto your fourth line, and I think he'll be a pretty decent around the puck. So... I think he's a good guy to have around the young players, and uh, if they're going to carry him as a seven, like a 13th forward, that'd be awesome. Because that's kind of the role he played in Toronto, and for 800000 800, bucks, can't complain. That's true. Because he gets pucks to net. Actually, sorry, Tim, that was a correction. The person signed was actually Gabriel Dumont. The fuck? He signed a two-year, two-way contract with the Minnesota Wild on Canada Day. Dumont was. I hope D. Domenico signed something then. Christy Domenico? Uh, yeah, because he was actually good. Yeah, Christy Domenico wasn't okay. Yeah, I'm always a little surprised that Ottawa was so willing to let him go when he was actually playing pretty well. Uh, yeah, it says right here he's playing for the SCL Tigers of the Swiss National League. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know what, Tim? He's a former Leafs draft pick, too. Yeah, it sucks that the dude broke his femur. I know, that sucks. Anyway, so yeah, going back to Tyler Ennis, a lot of people on Twitter really praising this signing because it's a low-risk contract. He's going to fit in probably third, fourth line. And uh, yeah, if he can get about 10 goals, 10, 15 goals, I'm not, 15 is pretty high, but I would say about 10 goals, I would be happy for next season. Well, he's a, it's a sneaky, I think it's a sneaky good signing because a good skater he moves the puck in the right direction, and he's cheap. 
I think he's a good signing. Yeah, I'm happy with the signing. And I know that, you know, I watched him a little bit in Buffalo, and he seemed like a really solid player who just kind of, I don't know if he got lost in the depth chart or fell off a cliff and then he went to the Leafs and he moved around a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I'm happy to have him on the Senators. This next signing, though, this is a WTF move on us. Yeah. The Ottawa Senators signed Ron Hainsey to a one-year, $3.5 million contract. Hainsey scored five goals, 18 assists, 23 points in 81 games for the Toronto Maple Leafs last season. Now, I understand why they signed him. Number one, he's a right-shot defenseman. We're lacking on those. Number two, he's going to bring some leadership to the team. And number three, he's a, he's a cap hit that can somewhat get us to the floor. Actually, I think we've hit the floor now. Uh, yeah, I think we just hit the floor. Uh, but let me say this without reservation. Okay. Ron Hainsey fucking sucks. Oh, yeah, there's no hesitation on There's no... Yeah, no, that's not truly fair. Because, and the worst thing is, is this actually pushes Kristen uh, Yaros down the death chart. And I think Yaros is a better player than Hainsey. Hands down. All right. At 23. That's true. And, you know, looking at Ottawa Senators' defensive depth chart, and I'm just going to quickly bring this up here. Depth. Depth chart. It's sad. It is pretty, it's, yeah, it's pretty thin here on the defensive end. Let me just bring it up. Well, you're probably going to have Shabbat DeMello, Brandstrom, Zaitsev, Borbietsky. Actually, hopefully... They put uh, Wolanin over Borbietsky. Yeah, because well, and we'll talk about it more when we get to it. But I know that Christian Wolanin was a guy that you were really pumping there last season. And I remember even you and I were talking about it, and you're like, you know who the best defenseman was was Christian Wolanin. And I'm thinking, all right, like I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what Tim's looking at that I'm not seeing, but, but no, he seemed to play really well last season. And I, I don't know. I, I've really got nothing to say about the Ron Hainsey signing. The next signing, I do have some stuff to say. The Ottawa Senators have re-signed Nick Paul to a one-year, $700,000 contract. This is definitely a prove-it year for Nick Paul because he's been up, or he's been brought up a couple of times over the last couple of seasons. And I'm not going to lie, I wasn't really that impressed he showed maybe little flashes here and there of some talent, but I don't know. It doesn't seem to me like he really made the most of the opportunities he's been given with the Senators. Although it's also hard because he's been given crap. It's true, and that's why that when, even last season when we were talking when Nick Paul was brought up, that's why I kind of did mention him because I'm watching him going like, I, I don't know really what to say here. Like, I don't know if he's really bad or the opportunities aren't that good for him. I don't know. I really don't know. And I know that Nick Paul has been a guy that a lot of sense fans have just been like, okay, this is your make or break it year. If you can't make it here, then you might be gone. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I think it's, I don't think Nick Paul is ever going to get anything more than like a, a second line, third line tweener anyway. No. And I think he could even be it. A good enough fourth liner. Just needs a chance. 
That is true. That, that is true. Actually, speaking of Christian Wolanin, the Ottawa Senators have also re-signed him to a two-year, $1.6 million contract with an AAV, 800000 I do like this contract, and it actually, it's really good value for the Senators, given that, and I know, like I said, you were he was one of the guys you were pumping last season for his play, and I know when you and I talked about it, you seemed pretty happy about the signing as well. Sorry, I blanked for a minute. Who are we talking about? Christian Wolanin. Willannon. No, Willannon's, I think it's a fantastic signing for Willannon. And the first year two ways. And the first year waivers exempt is really good as well. So if there's days that they're not going to play him, they can send him back to Belleville. Yeah. Yeah, because that first year, it's a two-way contract. So that would make it really good for them. But I, I really hope that he gets to see... Excuse me. He gets to play him up most of the season... Because I don't think Barbieski is a guy who should be playing anything more than 20 games. Don't get me wrong, I love Mark Barbieski. It's just, I think the NHL is kind of past Mark Barbieski-style hockey. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, uh, yeah, Borvieski, he's been one of those guys that I've always sort of offended because I know a lot of people on Sense Twitter don't seem to really like him that much. But I said, you know, there's nothing, you know, I'm, I'm okay with Borvieski, regardless of how average he really is. Yeah. Also, what's interesting is Ottawa's currently just under the cap, too. Sorry, just under the floor. Well, you know, judging from the depth chart here, you know what would uh, actually help him get over the floor? Signing Colin White. Yep. Colin White. Why, are, why is he not re-signed yet? He doesn't even have arbitration rights, so it shouldn't be too hard of a contract. No, and he was one of our better players last season. I know even on our second half recap, we talked about and we said that Colin White, when paired with Shabbat, not Shabbat, paired with Stone and Dechuk, played really well. And obviously, for me, he seemed like he slowed down a little bit once Stone was gone. But yeah, I don't understand why Colin White hasn't been re-signed yet. Yeah, because I think he's the sort of player you want to go, you want to go along a bit here. Because, like, he slowed down a bit without Stone, but it wasn't anything too concerning. No. And, like, it seemed that Colin White was carrying himself, not the other way around. Well, I mean, Stone carries everyone. Yeah, Colin White took big strides last season to really establish himself as an NHL player, for sure. Yeah. Because if you remember, in our Season 1, I believe it was our Season 1 recap, I think I mentioned to you, and I says. Colin White's one of those guys where I watch him and I go, I don't like Nick Paul. I watch him and like, I'm not sure what I really make here about this guy. Mm-hmm. I think one of the big things is like, last year when he was on the ice, at least the puck kind of went the other way. And he's 21. He's still got lots of time for growth. Yeah, that's like, true. I think, I think Colin White's going to be kind of a Mike, I think he'll grow into a Mike Fisher type player at, at worst. Well, if that's the case, then which country music star is he going to end up marrying? Uh, I hope it's not Taylor Swift. Mm, that's true. That is true. But, uh, yeah, other than that, it's like, I'm pretty, yeah, Colin White hasn't signed, that's a little surprising. I, is there any others? I think there's been some interesting signings for, uh, Watch Uh Belleville. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, I think it was JC. They signed JC Bodin. Who? Ah, uh, I'll have to pull this up, but they signed a few guys for the AHL team, and it looked like Ottawa was willing to open their wallet. Oh yeah. Yeah, and that's a, a good sign. At least putting some decent AHL forwards down. Uh, let me just pull the. Although they did it last season, and then just when they signed up Paul Carey and then just let him go. Yeah, I'm not that surprised about that. Yeah. Oh, who was it? Sorry, uh, Jordan Schwartz. That's the guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did see that. Select fourth overall, 2009 by Phoenix, now Arizona. Yeah, so it's a tweener for, well, he's a guy to kind of fill out the AHL roster a bit, and that's not a bad thing, honestly. Okay. So, Tim, I don't have anything more to say about the Christian Milanis signing, which means I think we should go on to our last Ottawa Senators story. And, boy, this is a, this is a big one. Uh-huh. So, Tim, do you know who Lisa McLeod is, or McLeod? Uh, she, she's an Ontario Member of Parliament in the Ottawa area, and I think she was in the cabinet for a bit yeah i think she is the conservative mpp for the nepean region right so a, a little story came out about her in the ottawa citizen this past week and she attended a rolling stones concert nice but that's not why the story got reported because it was what happened at the Rolling Stones concert is why it got reported. She apparently ran into Senator's owner, Eugene Melnick. Fun. Yep. The Ottawa Citizen reported that conservative MPP Lisa McLeod confronted Senator's owner, Eugene Melnick, at a Rolling Stone concert, stating she called Melnick a fucking piece of shit and a fucking loser. McLeod stated on Twitter oh. she apologized to Melnick for being so blunt in her feedback to him regarding her concern about the state of the Ottawa Senators. And, you know, I was talking about this at work. This is pretty tame compared to what Sense Twitter would have said to him. The difference is, Sense Twitter is not an elected political official. Yeah. It's one of those things where at first I just didn't think it really happened. Because it's just like, this seems like the sort of thing that Melnick would just make up. Because, you know, Melnick says shit. That is true, that is true. And I know that actually our bot, Adam, from the Three Ghosts and Wait Four Ghosts podcast, reached out to me asking if we were going to be t- chatting about this story. And I says, haha, of course we're going to talk about it. And I did mention to him that we, I did consider writing a bit for this episode where you and I are the ones that ran into him at the concert. But I couldn't write it in a way where we don't come off as being dicks. Yeah, and that's the thing with, like, trying to riff on this sort of thing if you're always going to look like a dick. Yeah, and I, did we ever mention about the Ubergate one where you were thinking of writing one, but you were the, sort of the same way? You're just like, I couldn't write it in a way that would not be mean-spirited. Yeah. And that's the thing when you're playing with something edgy. Is it's really easy to just kind of step too far and then just sound like an asshole. 
True. Now, Adam actually mentioned to me that apparently this is a touchy subject in Ontario because she is responsible for autism services in her file. And apparently she's been known as being a bit of a bully and she will try and strong arm people who don't agree with her. Yeah. And I think she's been moved off that file. She's now on tourism. Yeah, it was like, what was it? I'm going to quickly look this up. I think it's like, yeah, sports, tourism, or some other thing, apparently, if I'm not mistaken. And, and this is why I wanted to bring this up, because I know that you for, follow politics more than I do. And I, mm-hmm. I figure that you would probably have more of an opinion on it than I do. Uh, let's see here. She is, yeah, the Minister of Tourism, Culture, and Sport in Doug Ford's cabinet. Amazing. Yeah, actually, now reported, speaking of Doug Ford, apparently Eugene Melnick was so distraught about it, he actually contacted Doug Ford and tried to get her a forced apology from her. Amazing. That's funny, because we never got an apology for what he said at the alumni game. Hmm. 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 I know. Weird. We never got an apology for that. We never got an apology for him threatening to move the team. We never got an apology. Um, LeBratton Flats, we never got one for that. I just feel like there's a lot of apologies that could be handed out, but haven't been. Yeah. It's a sad, sad world, Ted. It is. So I guess that wraps up our... I guess that wraps up pretty much what we got to talk about for this episode, Tim, unless you have anything you want to quickly talk about uh nothing really on my end okay i actually do want to mention one thing because and this is something that i retweeted on our twitter page and we actually got a really nice write-up from kelly gibbs barton at that hockey lass nice yeah so she wrote a i'm just gonna bring it up here so she wrote a yeah she had a full post here this past Saturday for the 2018-2019. A brief overview is what she called it. And uh-huh. she's talking about the season and some of the good things she has. And she actually says a high point for her personally was given the opportunity to come on the podcast. You mean, even though I was talking about shoving silicone up nut sacks? I know, that was your one comment about this was like, hmm, no comment about that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had fun talking about it. I know. Her reaction when you said that, she's like, oh, good God. Oh, that was funny. And then I'm just like, yeah, she's never going to want to come back now. I I enjoy talking about that. Actually, I wasn't even the one who brought it up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I know. I don't know. What can I say? But yeah, just a quick overview of what she said. She said it was a high point personally for her coming on the podcast Uh, She's been listening to us for about a year now when she was seeking out podcasts to listen to, and she felt so honored to come on and let loose at the end of our end-of-season review. She did say that she was nervous at times, but given that she's listened to us so much, I felt like she was a chatting old friend she's known for years. And that's the one thing I remember about that was that she was pretty nervous about doing the episode when we were talking to her before we hit record. Yeah, and, like, there's a bit of stumbling going on, but nothing too much. Yeah, and that's why... I just tried to keep it simple and just tried to streamline everything. Same way when we had Joseph St. Moore on the show when he was filling in for you as a co-host last season was that 
He had never done a podcast before, so I just streamlined everything, made it very simple, and yeah. basically walked him through it. Yep. And it worked. Yeah, it was a really good episode. And I actually, I did read the whole blog. I am glad she did refer to Magnus PRV as the Bud Buster. Nice. Yeah. So, I Tim, I don't have anything more to talk about, Tim, if you just want to head into the close. Yeah, I can do that. Okay, guys. First of all, thank you so much for listening to the Third Line Plug Sensecast. I hope you've enjoyed it because, believe me, Tim and I love recording it for you. You can find us on iTunes. Please listen, rate, and subscribe. We're on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash thirdlineplugsensecast. And because our bod Dave made the mention, we're on Google Play Music. You can find us on Twitter at thirdlineplug is our Twitter handle. Tim is at m901honeybadger, and I'm at greatwhitegipster, gr 8 W-A-T-E, Gipser. If you want to shoot us an email to talk about this past week's episode, shoot us an email, thirdlineplugsensecast at gmail.com. So, Tim, I guess we're going to be off for another couple of weeks, but we will be back, and our next episode, we will be doing another redraft. This time, the 1991 NHL Interdraft, also known as the Eric Lindros Sweepstakes. And... Apologies and in advance to the Philadelphia Flyers fans, you guys don't end up with Eric Lindros. But at the same time, I think that makes that makes Brindamore's life a bit easier. Does, however, it doesn't make the Flyers' life any more easy because he does get drafted by team in that division. Sneaky. Oh. Until next time, guys. I am your host Taylor Gibson. This has been Tim Jackson. Go Sens, guys. My time here is up. They're going home!